Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 Mayborn actors in today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's super califragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? We brought it back with April. Uh, got back into the month-born actors list, and May is actually probably one of my favorite months when I do this sequence of episodes uh, partly because a lot of the names you'll see on this list um, are actors I really love really respect and and go to movies uh, excited to see and I think that is compounded by many of them being very recognizable names people who are generally respected and, and revered in the industry as some of the greatest actors of all time uh, from the early days in the 30s, 40s, 50s to present time, present day. Uh, it, it's it's a pretty, it's a very, very strong month. Um, perhaps the only month uh, outside of December that really threaten, like can really challenge, you know, having the most, you know, top performing actors. And uh, the, the other thing is that like the top 10 right now uh, for Born in May are all in the top 65 actors on my spreadsheet. So if you're assuming that, you know, if they were evenly split up, one out of every 12 names would roughly be from each month. And in the top 60, you would on average have five people from each month. And... 10 double that number roughly little uh, you know out of 65 not 60 but almost double that number are from may and i think that just speaks to just the overall level of quality that this month has and that is including you know looking at last at the 2017 list i did 2019 has a handful of new names that weren't on this list and it's still as, as strong as it ever was uh, the biggest difference is in 2017 eight the top eight actors born in May were in the top 25 overall which is in in insane uh, it's not quite as heavily packed at the top as it was um, scores have dropped and and things have sort of spread out a little bit but it is still you know, we have a total of 17 actors born in May that are in the top 100. It's it's a very high quality month. And so I'm really looking forward to talking about it. There's a lot of people who have moved around. Uh, a couple of people have fallen off. A couple of people have uh, returned to the list. And uh, it's a little bit more... Um, it's, it's, less, it's less volatile than April was. So there'll be a little bit more... Uh, continuity to speak of this time so let's just jump into it uh, with our top 10 may are my top 10 mayborn actors oh no 
coming in at number 10 is a, 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 an old guy from from the early days of, of cinema, born May 15th, 1905, um, passing away February 6th, 1994, at the age of 88, from Virginia. Uh, he is, um, let me make sure I have this right here. He has 10 films that I've currently seen, an average film rating of 72.25, which is the highest out of anybody on this top 10 list. Uh, no Oscar nominations uh, that I've seen. I don't know that he has any. He might have one. I'll have to look about that. Uh, a value of 10.5, a score of 73.43, and is ranked 63rd overall. Uh, one spot above the 11th placed Mayborn actor, which was George Clooney, previously in the top 10 but has since dropped barely into 11th. He was number seven two years ago uh, and uh, has fallen just a bit to miss the top 10 this time around. And this person, of course, of course, is Joseph Cotton. Joseph Cotton. Uh, he's... I don't know. You know, he, he's not a name I think a lot of people are incredibly familiar with but he has been in some pretty pretty great movies um you know he's not you know he's not a humphrey bogart he's not um an orson wells but joseph cotton has been in citizen kane with orson wells he has been in the third man with orson wells orson wells touch, uh, touch of evil he was in shadow of a doubt gaslight the Magnificent Ambersons, Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, uh, F for Fake, and uh, a bunch of other movies that, you know, Beyond the Forest with Betty Davis, The Farmer's Daughter with Loretta Young, and Ethel Barrymore. He has had a, an incredible career and, you know, is someone I... It, it's kind of taken me a while to get into uh, just wanting to see movies that he's in and I think the third man is what finally pushed me over that edge and uh, I, I've been I guess I saw the third man oh boy uh, it wasn't that recent um, but in the time since then you know I've I've had other focuses on what I've been watching but Joseph Cotton, definitely at the back of my mind every so often, you know, he's in some of the movies I haven't seen in, I haven't seen that he's in, uh, includes 73's Soylent Green, uh, Heaven's Gate from 1980, The Abominable Dr. Phoebes, Othello from 1951, Duel in the Sun from 46, Niagara from 1953, uh, Pet Petulia, under Capricorn, Barren Blood, Airport 77. There's, I, I mean, like, whether or not these are, I mean, maybe these names aren't necessarily registering with you guys, but these are names I'm, you know, very familiar with and, and movies I'm, I, I recognize the posters for and have seen, you know, mentioned here or there or somewhere else. And, you know, Joseph, Joseph Cotton is a headliner in most of these movies, uh, working with Rock Hudson, Kirk Douglas. Uh, Ginger Rogers, Shirley Temple, Rhonda Fleming, uh, 
you know, Dorothy Malone, it's uh, Jennifer Jones as well, and you know, the Julie Christie, and it just it, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Marilyn Monroe, and these are just the films that I haven't seen that he's in. So, you know, he. I think if you really want to see, if you're if you're not familiar uh, with with Joseph Cotton, I highly recommend The Third Man. That is what really tipped the scales uh, for me. But I think you can you definitely get a great great shot of him and great sides of him in Shadow of a Doubt, Hitchcock movie. Uh, or Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte with Betty Davis, Olivia de Havilland, and Joseph Cotton is another one that I think uh, really it really shows off just how, I don't know, he's, he's a much more understated performer and actor than a lot of these names, a lot of the big names around the same time in the you know 40s, uh, maybe early 50s. And Joseph Cotton is... is far and away you know one of the more understated actors and i i think it really benefits him and his career and the roles he's been in and, and the characters he's played to have that sort of demeanor and have that um approach uh to 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 his craft so he's got 88 film credits on letterboxd i've seen 12 of them uh the third man easily my favorite film that he's been in uh Citizen Kane is great, uh, and the Magnificent Ambers, Amberson, Andersons, Am, Ambersons, the Magnificent Ambersons is also um, a movie I really, really liked. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm glad he kind of snuck in just under the George Clooney wire, and I think he's someone to really be watchful for. Um, however long it is between now and the next time I do this episode. So, Joseph Cotton, uh, number 10, born in May, number 63 overall. Number 63 overall. Number 9, moving on to number 9, uh, born in the UK uh, on May 26th, 1966. Still live, still kicking, thankfully. Happy to know. Uh, with 49 film credits that I've seen, the second highest uh, number of films I've seen uh, from any of the people on this top 10 list, an average film rating of 60.9, which is the lowest average of this top 10 list, two Oscar nominations, no wins, a value of 14, a score of 72.51 to be ranked 58th overall. 58th overall is an actor who I absolutely adore and and is someone who really does draw me to a movie and i don't know if that's the case uh for most people but uh it is for me and that's helena bonham carter helena bonham carter now she was on the list two years ago uh, she was actually second on the list fourth overall back in 2017 may in may of 2017 when this list was first made uh, I'd only seen her in 35 films at the time, so 14 films later. Uh, she is still in the top 10, but has fallen to 9th, and has fallen from 4th overall to 58th overall. Uh, some of the films in that time period, Ocean's 8 uh, is, is a big one. Um, I'm trying to see. Uh, 
little fuzzy on some of these years. Suffragette, I know I watched in in, in that time between. Um, the Young and Prodigious T.S. Spivet, I saw in that time in between. I think Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Toast, uh, 2012's Great Expectations. Mm, Novocaine from 2001. Merlin from 98. Lady Jane from 89. Sergeant Stubby, an American hero from last year. Uh, the Turks and Caicos, Salting the Battlefield trilogy with Bill Nye. She's in two of those. 55 Steps uh, is another one. The Theory of Flight, where she plays opposite Kenneth Branagh. And I think that's it. A bunch. I'm sure there were others. I don't know if that was 14 films, but um, yeah. I I am a huge fan of Helena Bonham Carter. I I feel like I say that a lot, and um, you know I love her in the Harry Potter series of movies. I think her her voice work is great. I love that she's been paired with Tim Burton for so long, and and I think she did a lot for his movies, and she really takes to his aesthetic really well. Uh, she sings like Les Mis. Um, I I thought she was a great sort of uh, subversion casting choice in Cinderella and I I just I really just like it you know I like a lot of her older stuff too uh, Wings of the Dove Twelfth Night Lady Jane as I mentioned and I think she's been just a really charismatic and and constantly um, I don't know maybe not underrated but underappreciated uh, actor in her career and I think uh, I don't know I, I, I constantly look forward to more of her movies she has 80 film credits on Letterboxd so I've seen a little over 60% of those uh, which means there's a lot still a lot left to see uh, Mickey Rourke in Francesco from 1989 uh, 2009's Enid 1991's Where Angels Fear to Tread uh, 2002's The Heart of Me. Um, the Revengers comedies. Till Human Voices Wake Us Up. Till Human Voices Wake Us, excuse me. Henry VIII. Women Talking Dirty. Margaret's Museum. Getting It Right. Keep the Aspidistra Flying with Richard E. Grant. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm into all of this. All of these sound great. I, yes, I want them all. I uh, think, let me see. Don't know if she has anything listed. She has nothing listed since Ocean's 8 on Letterboxd. Gotta believe she has something uh, that she's... Um, at least something on her on her schedule for the near future, but maybe maybe that's not right. Let's see. Maybe IMDb can uh, help us a little bit. The only thing, okay, one pre-production film, and that is the Land of Sometimes, which is uh, looks like a voice. Well, maybe not. Hmm. Can't tell. 
Terry Jones, credited as a voice, but nobody else is labeled a voice. Poster looks like it's animated, so it looks like it's animated, so it's a voice uh, animated movie, where she will play the character name of Little Twink. Ewan McGregor, David Williams, Terry Jones, Brendan Murphy, Gregory Goodgen. Uh, Seems like uh, not going to be a very high-profile movie. Oh, well. Anyway... Helena Bonham Carter, someone I'm always excited to see and uh, I think has earned all of my respect and all of my admiration. Number nine, born in May. Number 58, overall. Number eight, born in California. The oldest person on this list, born May 31st, 1894. Passing July eighth, July eighteenth, nineteen seventy-two, at the age of seventy-eight, with twenty-three film credits to their name, an average film rating of sixty-six point three nine, no Oscar nominations, a value of eleven point five, a score of seventy-two point five eight, to be ranked fifty-seventh overall, just one spot above Helena Bottom Carter, is Mister Harold. Miller. Um, yeah, so uh, wouldn't be shocked if this was an unrecognizable name. I don't recognize it myself. And Harold Miller is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mostly just a background character, I think. Let me see. Yep. So in the movie Giant, starring Elizabeth Taylor, Rock Hudson, James Dean, uh, Harold Miller plays the role of wedding guest. Wedding guest. Uh, and I, I, I bring up names like this and people like this every once in a while, and it's tough to really talk about, but some of the films that he's been in, films that I, I you know can recommend anyone should go see, Sunset Boulevard, All About Eve, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Dial M for Murder, Laura, Gilda, Mildred Pierce, The Lady Eve, Giant, A Place in the Sun, Judgment at Nuremberg, Funny Face, The Bandwagon, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, Heaven Can Wait, Around the World in 80 Days, All the King's Men, Father of the Bride, Rosalind Russell in Anti-Mame. A uh, bunch of movies. Uh, he, he, he's been in a lot of things, and he's got 114 credits on Letterboxd, so I have barely scratched on the surface. But, you know, I, I think one of the underrated aspects of tracking people like this who maybe don't have a speaking role in 90% of the movies they're in is that looking at their filmography like this it really shows it, it kind of you know you look at somebody like like a Keanu Reeves or uh, Tom Cruise or, or, or somebody you know like a Jason Statham and their filmography is all one, maybe you know, two, and then dabbling in a third genre if if you're lucky uh, for some some, na- some names. And maybe that's you know heavily action, maybe that's heavily drama, maybe it's only comedy. And you know, you get a couple of moments where those people break into something else, or they find a role that they're used to in a movie that's very different than they're used to. And I think what I enjoy about these kinds of people is there are a wide variety of, of genres that they've been in and 
whether or not they're actually doing a lot in these movies, it, it just seeing all these movies in the same place, seeing all these posters next to each other and, and finding other films in their filmography that maybe weren't on your radar, maybe uh, you've forgotten about, maybe you know you, you, you hadn't considered uh, worth your time, I, I think it gives you this sort of additional reach uh, if you're looking to see a lot of movies. And so, for example, uh, Harold Miller, like I said, I've seen uh, a bunch of his movies, but the most popular ones on Letterboxd that I haven't seen include uh, Monsieur Vadeux from Charles Chaplin, Days of Wine and Roses, The Narrow Margin, Caught, Advise, Advise and Consent, Midnight, Don't Bother to Knock, and Another Thin Man. I probably would have been able to name three of those, being Another Thin Man, Days of Wine and Roses, and Monsieur Vadeau. But looking at the posters for them and seeing who's in these movies, you know, Charles Lawton, uh, Robert Ryan, uh, Marie Windsor, Claudette Colbert, Donna Meche uh, in these movies, and like never even thought of them. And, you know, I'm sure I could have gotten to those movies looking at those people, you know, looking at Claudette Colbert's film filmography, I would have reached midnight at some point, obviously, but I don't know. I mean, like, this just gives you a whole other perspective, a whole other avenue to approach a movie, and, you know, now I'm not really thinking of it as a Claudette Colbert movie, because I saw it through this list and not hers, and so, like, it removes a di one type of baggage, it adds a different type of baggage, you know, it just it allows you to kind of Spread your wings a little bit and and experience something a little different, in my opinion. So, Harold Miller, uh, you know, he's he's a pretty plain-looking guy, based on this old-timey picture of him, and he has some real nice eyebrows. He has some real nice eyebrows. That is number eight. Born in May, number 57 overall, Harold Miller. Number seven. Number seven. Born in California as well. Also born May 31st, but 40, 36 years later than Harold Miller in 1930. With 19 films that I've seen, 68.16 uh, average film rating. Two Oscar nominations, no wins, a value of 12, a score of 73.67. Take a little bit of a jump here, up to 48th overall to, to be with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood uh, slipping in to the top 50 here and into the top 10, a place he was not in before. Neither was Harold Miller. Both of them first-time appearances in this top 10 list. Clint Eastwood. Uh, 19 films is very, very small for a man of Clint Eastwood's fame and stature and legacy. Uh, I, I know, I know. Uh, and, and some of the ones I haven't seen are, are you know, I, I should have seen them. I, they're on the list. They really are. Escape from Alcatraz. The Beguiled. Pale Rider. Magnum Force. High Plains Drifter, 
uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, where Eagles Dare, Hang 'em High, The Enforcer, The Deadpool, Sudden Impact, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, 110 film credits to Clint Eastwood. I've seen less than 20% of his filmography. Uh, I, As an actor, at least, and, and even as a director, I've seen 40%. So there's a lot of... A lot of Clint Eastwood I'm not versed in. And uh, that's, I, that's, you know, it's a shame. I agree. I, I think part of that is everything he's done after Gran Torino, I want to say. I really liked Gran Torino. But his thing, his movies after that, let me see, have been... A lot of documentaries. Trouble with the Curve, which I wasn't a fan of. More documentaries. American Sniper, which I thought was okay at best. More documentaries. And then finally, last year's The Mule, which was something. I don't know. It was really something weird and strange. Uh, But I haven't been super into his movies post-Gran Torino and... I don't know, like, that's kind of a, a thing that happens with these, you know, 70, 80-year-old actors who are still working, still making things, but aren't really getting the same prestige or, or acclaimed work they used to, is, you know, you get a Robert De Niro, you get an Al Pacino, you get a Clint Eastwood, where they go on for a little bit, and suddenly they're making these subpar, less-than-worth-your-time movies, and it kind of puts you off from watching their older stuff and I think Eastwood definitely suffers from that for me and I I have Escape from Alcatraz queued and, and waiting for me and I think that's potentially going to be the one that kind of I don't know swings me back into being interested in, in, in experiencing more of his films but uh, you know, fingers crossed I guess I, I don't have much else you know I think he's really good in Gran Torino he's really good in Million Dollar Baby he's really good in the Man with No Name trilogy and Unforgiven and Dirty Harry and he's good in these movies so there's no real reason not to not to keep watching I guess but he is the only person on this top 10 list and uh the only Mayborn actor in the top 200 overall that has zero films rated above rated 90 or more um which is pretty impressive because it just means it's a bigger hill for him to climb from a statistics point of view and uh, he does it he manages to pull that off so clint eastwood uh number seven born in may number 48 overall and i will We'll watch more of his movies. I promise. All right, number six. Uh, This is another name that was not on the list previously. Uh, Born in Kansas, May 17th, 1936. Passing May 29th in 2010 at the age of 74. With 21 film credits that I've seen. An average film rating of 67.14. No Oscar nominations. A value of 12.5, a score of 73.80, to be ranked 45th overall. 
is Mr. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, actor, filmmaker, artist, uh, who has been in some pretty iconic films, uh, Apocalypse Now, Blue Velvet, Rebel Without a Cause, Speed, True Romance, Easy Rider, Cool Hand Luke, uh, Waterworld, Giant, uh, True Grit, the original, um, Ed TV, Out of the Blue, Gunfight at the OK Corral, you know, good or bad, iconic movies, and those are the ones I've seen, that doesn't include Rumble Fish, uh, Hearts of Darkness, The Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers, Hoosiers, River's Edge, Basquiat, um, Red Rock West, Hang 'em High again, Clint Eastwood. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of great n- movies, and um, both that I've seen and haven't seen with with Dennis Hopper um, in front of or behind the camera. But honestly, uh, there's one movie of his, and I saw it fairly recently that really pushed him into okay i know beyond the simple of simple idea of i know who he is but you know what has he done for me lately and dennis hopper in and directing uh out of the blue which i've talked about on the show before and i think in one of my top 10 new movies episodes uh is just such a such a great film I, I really enjoyed it i loved it i thought dennis hopper was incredible in it i thought he directed it splendidly and man uh he he just he really showed me something i was not prepared for and was not expecting with out of the blue and i think that is going to really give me the the incentive to keep looking into more of his films, especially um, as a director. You know, he doesn't have as many directing credits. Uh, you know, Out of the Blue, Easy Rider, but um, I just it, you know it, it was it was pretty great, and I'm really interested in seeing more because, like I said, Dennis Hopper was a name, but not like. A big name to me you know he's definitely recognizable I could pick him out of a crowd I you know you say his name I knew who you're talking about I could tell you movies he was in but he was never someone I, I really res- <sighs> respected isn't the right word but but um, sought out maybe or you know his name attached to something never got me excited and now it will because of out of the blue because of that movie alone and i i'm fascinated endlessly fascinated to see if there's anything else he's done both either as an actor or director in that vein and i'm sure there's a couple of things and i'm i'm really excited to find them so that really helped propel him uh to sixth uh you know he's been kind of just on the outside for a while a lot of the movies he's been he was in when he was younger were i think are great uh and so um yeah i i think uh, dennis hopper is potentially here to stay potentially here to stay at numbers uh making his debut that is at number six and 
He is the last new person on the list. The top five were all here before. And so they've shuffled their positioning around, and, and we'll get into that. But Dennis Hopper, number five, born in May, number 45 overall. So let's, or no, number six. He was number six in May, number six in May. Now we're talking about number five. Number five, born in May. Born in Australia, May 14th, 1969, with 47 film credits to their name that I've seen. 62.83 average film rating. Seven Oscar nominations. Two wins. A value of 16.5. A score of 76.77. Big jump here between Dennis Hopper and our number five to be 25th overall. So we are in the top 25 now with Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. All right. Now, previously, she was ranked third overall or third in May and fifth overall so she has tumbled a little bit Uh, back then I had seen her in 34 films now we are looking at her in 47 films so two years 13 films later uh, she is dropped a little but still a very strong resume and filmography from the ones that I've seen uh, which is 47 out of 83 films 83 films, uh, so about 57%, a little bit, about about right around there. Uh, she gets there on the back of Lord of the Rings movies, Hobbit movies, um, Ocean's 8, Carol, Hot Fuzz, Thor Ragnarok, Benjamin Button, How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 3, uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Aviator, Blue Jasmine, Cinderella, Babel, Hannah, Talented Mr. Ripley, Knight of Cups, Robin Hood, House and Clock of the Walls, Mowgli, I'm Not There, Notes on a Scandal, Spielberg, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, The Golden Age, The Gift, Manifesto, Voyage of Time, etc., etc., etc. It's Kate Blanchett. You've seen her in something. You know that she's a great actress. Uh, she's won two SAGs, two Golden Globes, two BAFTAs, two Academy Awards. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a given, right? She's, she's ethereal and and brilliant and i'm very much looking forward to seeing her in where'd you go bernadette which comes out later this year um outside of that uh some of the films of hers i haven't seen yet bandits from 2001 truth from 2015 pushing tin from 1999 the missing from 2003 veronica guerin 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 2003 an ideal husband charlotte gray from 2001 oscar and lucinda the man who cried little fish um that's about it a lot of a lot of the stuff here toward the bottom of her list is short films or strange documentaries or not even sure some of these uh but that said there isn't much i need to really say about kate blanchett i i think her talent is is never overstated and i i think she's 
truly, truly always, you know, bringing so much skill and and class to every project she's a part of. And I, I think that that only is going to, you know, continue uh, as her career continues. She is 50 this year, 50 years old, and she looks great. I'm sure she'll have a huge career ahead of her, long career ahead of her as long as she wants there to be. And I can't wait to, to see to see it. Um, she doesn't have anything else listed outside of where to go Bernadette uh, for the future, at least on Letterboxd. But that is, uh, it's got a trailer. Um, it's directed by Linklater, who is one of my favorite directors. Co-stars Kristen Wiig, Judy Greer, Billy Crudup, Lawrence Fishburne. So I'm, I'm into it. I'm looking forward to it. And Cape Blanchett is a big reason why. So that's number five, Cape Blanchett, 25th overall. 25th overall. Next up is number four. Uh, this is a uh, pretty interesting, pretty ironic, pretty uh, coincidental, and you'll see why. Born in Connecticut, May twelfth, nineteen oh seven, passing in passing June 29th, 2003, at the age of 96. 20 films that I've seen, an average film rating of 69.3, 12 Oscar nominations, four wins, a value of 14, a score of 77, to be ranked 22nd overall, the winningest actor for acting Academy Awards is only ranked 22nd overall. And that is someone that Kate Blanchett played in a movie and won an Oscar for, Katherine Hepburn. Um, don't think it's a stretch to say she's typically regarded as one of, if not the greatest, uh, female actors ever. I co-sign that opinion. I think she's exceptional. I think she's she's absolutely great in everything I've seen her in. Um, which, you know, includes but is not limited to the Philadelphia story, bringing up Baby the African Queen, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Adam's Rib, Lion in Winter, Holiday on Golden Pond, uh, Suddenly Last Summer, Summertime, Woman of the Year, Stage Door, etc. I've only seen her in a handful of films out of the 77 credits she has on Letterboxd, so about a third, well, wait, no. Um, about a fourth, a little more than a fourth of her films. And she, if there's any criticism, if there's any criticism you can really lob at a Katherine Hepburn, it is that at least through parts of her career, you know, even, even, even the criticism, only criticism I can think of comes with caveats, but through parts of her career as an as a performer and as an actor, um, I think a lot of her roles felt very similar. Uh, you know, there are a lot of strong-minded and and you know career-driven women um, who may or may not, throughout the course of the film, be waylaid by romance. Uh, but that is a a healthy 
percentage of the films she's in, but certainly not all of them. And and far from you know an overwhelming and uh, frustrating amount. Um, but there's a handful, and I think I'm. If there's if that's if there's anything you know making me hesitate um, about you know just running through all of her movies it's not wanting to you know overload myself with her playing the same role over and over and over again and I don't think that's what would happen but just um, that's maybe my one hesitation and and what's kind of holding me back from a, a true immersion into her filmography and I think it's uh probably unwarranted I don't know it's probably unwarranted but if there's anything it's that I love Catherine Hepburn I think she's exceptional I you know you asked me maybe five years ago and I would have told you I was far more a fan of Audrey than Catherine of the two Hepburns but uh man I I just Catherine Hepburn is just uh she's outstanding i i am definitely more on her side now uh she was on the list the top 10 list uh back in 2017 she was ranked sixth back then she's moved up two spots despite dropping five spots overall so moving from 17th to 22nd overall she has moved from sixth to fourth of the people born in may um and i support that a lot i i you know some of the films of hers i haven't seen include christopher strong pat and mike with spencer tracy that's entertainment rooster cogburn state of the union mary of scotland keeper of the flame the uh, undercurrent that's entertainment three and two without love sea of grass the trojan women love affair uh, there's so many there's a lot and i think one of the things you know with someone like katherine hepburn and you know you want to describe this to meryl streep or Kate blanchett i don't think it's any less accurate even in a film where it's it's more of a popcorn affair or if it's more low budget or if it's more drab or, or you know if if that person is the only recognizable name attached to the film you know you're going to get something special you know it's going to happen and that is such a rewarding thing for a person who loves movies and and enjoys watching movies to have people like her who every time they step out in front of the camera they are changing and and affecting and and impacting like the landscape of cinema you know even as as subtly as as yeah um i don't know like any everything everything desk set right that's not a katherine hepburn movie that people really mention or talk about but she's great in it and you know she she's in it with spencer tracy and like they're great in it and i think there's always something to be learned and be gleaned from their her performance and Catherine Hepburn. What else? What else can you say? Number four, born in May, um, who seems you know almost a lock to remain on this list for all of time. 
uh, number 22nd overall. Number 22 overall. Number three, previously on this list, uh, ranked fourth, has moved up one spot uh, with born in Pennsylvania, like myself, born May 20th, 1908, passing July 2nd, 1997 at the age of 89. 25 films that I've seen, an average rating of 68.52, five Oscar nominations, one win, a value of 16, and a score of 79.44 to be ranked 14th overall, which is two spots higher than he was two years ago, is James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. I had seen him in... 16 films prior, two years prior. Uh, so, you know, nine films later, he has uh, done a really good job of staying in the same place and, in fact, improving his standing. Uh, I am a huge Jimmy Stewart fan. I do not get tired of maybe, now, definitely someone who is far more receptive to a criticism of having the same shtick. Uh, I know I've haven't gotten tired of it yet. Uh, you know I'm not 50 films deep into James Stewart like I am with some other actors though, so eh, maybe that'll change. But for now, I am all aboard the James Stewart train. I think you know he has a great voice. He his his persona. You know he he's probably I guess for me he's like a more likable version of. Um, Oh, now I'm not going to remember his name. Oh, I can see his face. Oh, well, I got to look it up. What is his name? He was in this movie. Um, that's not... Oh, that's... Shoot, that's not... It's <laughs> the wrong movie. Um, Man, I, I don't know who it is. Who am I thinking of? He's like the a Boy Scout, always. Really tall. Did he play Lincoln? Young Mr. Lincoln? I don't think so. No, because that was Fonda. Fonda's very likable, and Henry Fonda's very likable. All right, well, I'm not going to waste my time not knowing who this person is. Uh, it's going to frustrate me. James Stewart, super likable, love him, love him to death, love the movies he's in, love the roles and performances he gives. Some of the movies of his I have not seen. After the Thin Man, Bell, Book, and Candle, Destry Rides Again, Call Northside 777, The Spirit of St. Louis, Airport 77, Vivacious, Vivacious Lady, Broken Arrow, Two Road Together, The Glenn Miller Story, Cheyenne Autumn, Shenandoah, Ziegfeld Girl, The Big Sleep, uh, Wife versus Secretary. That sounds bad. Um, yeah, a lot of movies. So he's got 124 credits on Letterboxd. I've seen like a fifth of them. So uh, long, long time to go before I, I reach my limit of James Stewart or my cap i guess never my limit since rewatching, but 
James Stewart. I'm a fan. I'm glad he's still here. I'm glad he's moving up. I, I hope the same is true two years from now, if that's how long it is when we do this next this episode next. But yeah, Jimmy Stewart. Third in May, 14th overall. Number two. Now, this is an impressive one um, because this guy was ranked eighth overall two years ago. Huge leap. Huge leap in the standings. Born in Ireland, May 12th, 1983. Uh, easily the youngest person on this list. Um, with 30 films to their name that I've seen. An average film rating of 66.83. No Oscar noms. No not, no wins. A value of 18.5. A score of 81.16 to be ranked 10th overall. And second in May is Donal Gleason. Now look. Is Donal Gleason the best actor on this list? No. I mean, no. But he's a very, very good actor. And he has been in some exceptionally strong projects uh, in his short, shorter, short career. <laughs> Definitely relative to uh, the rest of the names on this list. Uh, he's only 36. Uh, so when you've got films on your list like The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, Ex Machina, The Revenant, Mother, a couple of the Harry Potter movies, About Time, True Grit, the new one, Frank, Dread, Brooklyn. Never Let Me Go, American Made, Calvary, Anna Karenina, um, you know, Six Shooter, Shadow Dancer, Perrier's Bounty. There's, there's, uh, his high profile films are great. He, he's, he, they're, they're just great. And, um, even the lesser ones, you know, you know, like a Unbroken. Or Goodbye, Christopher Robin, The Little Stranger, uh, A Dog Year, Crash Pad. Even those, I think, movie, maybe not so great, but Donald Gleason, awesome. I thought, I, I think he's great. I think he's managed to break free of any, you know, sort of persona or, or just just trope of a character. And he is unique. He is... Um, versatile and I, I think he's proven that in you know going from Brooklyn to Mother to Revenant to Star Wars to Ex Machina to Harry Potter he covers the gambit the gambit and and you know he's had a Tony nomination back in 2006 uh, he's he's got a lot of different skills and a lot of different um angles that he can uh really approach and and i'm excited to see him in the new star wars movie i'm not excited by the title of the new star wars movie but you know that's a different thing he's going to be in the kitchen this year and uh he's going to be in peter rabbit 2 next year so uh there's that um donald gleason like i said not the second best actor born in may but statistically, uh, he's very, very well off. Donald Gleason. Number two, born in May. Number 10 overall. Which just leaves us with one person left, and it is the same person who was number one two years ago. 
Uh, at the time, they were the overall number one above every other actor, and it wasn't even close. The scoring system has changed in the last two years, uh, which is partly what has resulted in the fluctuation of, of positions and rankings that we're talking about. But uh, impossible to, to, I think it would have been impossible to fall off this list from the high perch this actor was on. So, born in Washington, the state, May 20th, 1940, with 56 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 62 even, no nominations, no wins, a value of 21.5, a score of 81.36, to be ranked ninth overall, so eight spots lower uh, than she was two years ago, but still in the top 10 is Miss Sherry Lynn. Um, at the time, I had seen her in 48 films. Now it's 56. So eight films later, she has dropped a little, uh, which is comes with the territory. Uh, really only one way, one direction to go when you're that high up. She is a voice actor who I've mentioned many times. I am predominantly the most responsible person for why her letterboxed uh, profile page has as many film credits and has a description on it as I put that there. Um, and even now her letterbox page only lists me as having seen 45 of her films and I know I've seen 56. So there are many things missing. She has been in almost all of the most exceptional animated films that have come out in the last 20 30 years almost, uh, from Iron Giant to Beauty and the Beast to Monsters, Inc., to all three Toy Story movies, Inside Out, Wally, Up, Aladdin, Cars, Emperor's New Groove, Hercules, Little Mermaid, Bugs Life, Ice Age, Tarzan, Despicable Me 2, Minions, Hunchback, Treasure Planet, Ice Age, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Brother Bear, Horton Hears a Hue, Surf's Up, Osmosis Jones, The Lorax, American Tale, Fievel Goes West, etc. She's been in short animated films. She's played voice roles in live action movies. Um, it, it, she's just, she's been in a lot of things, all right, and she's, she's been in a lot of things, you know, I, I don't have a lot more I can really say about her, you know, she's not someone I think any of us could be able to pick out of a crowd, um, but if, you know, to pull out a small film, that a short film that she is a voice in you can look at riley's first date which is inside out short film it's only five minutes long she is the voice of her, of riley's mom's disgust and riley's mom's joy that's the simplest easiest way i could probably do it um sherry lynn sherry lynn uh still first overall in may but the gap has closed considerably. Um, yeah. A lot of the films of hers that I haven't seen are, are anime, like Gundam movies and, and things like that. So not sure if and when I'll get to those. But, I mean, they're on the list. They have to be. Someone as high up on the rankings as, as Sherry Lynn deserves that kind of attention and to go out of my way to, to continue to watch movies that she's in. So, um, yeah, 
Top 10 one more time, just uh, to refresh. Joseph Cotton, Helena Bonham Carter, Harold Miller, Clint Eastwood, Dennis Hopper, Kate Blanchett, Catherine Hepburn, James Stewart, Donald Gleason, and Sherry Lynn. That's the 10. Those are the top 10. It's a great name, great list as far as I'm concerned. You know, it doesn't even include names from May like John C. Riley, Frank Oz, Audrey Hepburn, Orson Welles, Laurence Olivier, Don Rickles, Albert Finney, Deborah Winger, um, you know, Creighton Hall, Killian Murphy, Alice Drummond, Harvey Keitel, Alfred Molina, Chris Mulkey, Jim Broadbent, Katrin Cartledge. Jesper Christensen, Vincent Price, Colin Farrell, James Fox, uh, Geraldine Somerville, Christopher Lee, uh, Richard Jenkins. There's a lot of great actors born in this month. Rebecca Hall, and uh, they can't all make it. And those are the 10 that did. So thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to find me, follow me. Twitter, Circle of Film. Letterboxd, Circle of Film. Send me an email, Circle of Film at gmail.com you can head over to circlefilm.com for more episodes and top 10 lists and actors lists all of them are over there support like rate review uh, subscribe wherever you can uh, if you like to support the show on patreon patreon you can become a patron for as little as eight cents an episode and as always have a week so long farewell i'll be the same good night i know she'll never even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say that you. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.